Hello and welcome to book uh, books by old dead guys. But this week, songs by old dead guys. I'm and David. I'm Scott, and it's more specific. It's actually Christmas, Christmas songs, songs by, by old, old dead, dead guys, guys, which I'm smiling as I'm saying, and you probably <laughs> aren't that. surprised by that at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going each week for for the season of Advent through a different. Christmas song and uh, thinking about the lyrics of that song and just pondering the mystery of the incarnation and and a little bit kind of talking about the sermon that we had preached the prior week and thinking about uh, trying to think deep thoughts uh, about the wonder and the awe of Christmas. And the song this week, uh, David, is a song that our church has truly um, grown to enjoy. We just introduced it a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, and our folks have loved it. There are not many Christmas songs in minor keys, and and this one's definitely uh, one. And it's let all mortal flesh keep silence, uh, which, like I said, it's been interesting to hear the church sing it because you could you can always tell when the church really loves a song. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I sit in the very front, and you can hear everybody behind you just kind of belting. And this is one of those that the church just really enjoys, and and rightly so. I don't know if you knew this. This is one of the oldest Christian songs we have. This song really? dates to the fourth century, was originally written in Greek. Um, and, and in fact, some of the, uh, some of the church fathers, um, that we know and love actually had a part in this song. You've heard, you may have heard, you guys may not have heard of the guy Basil, uh, but, but if you take a church history class, you'll hear of Basil. He had a hand, uh, in the writing of this song. It was a part of some of the oldest, um, church, uh, services in, in, in Syriac and Greek. I mean, truly it was a Gregorian chant. And what is fascinating, we'll keep this in the back of our mind as we sing this. This was, uh, not a Christmas song for them. It was a communion song. It was originally sung, which also, if you think about this, um, you're hearing this after we preach this on Sunday, which was communion, communion week. Sunday. So what better way to do to, 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 to celebrate both Christmas and communion than to sing a communion song that, is that also- we now are singing at Christmas. Um, but, but the whole purpose of the song is to create awe and wonderment in us as we think about this mystery of the incarnation. The reality of it is, again, the Lord's Supper the, the body and blood, as we finished the sermon last week, I made a mention of the fact that there would have been no body to be broken if it had not been born, mm-hmm. you know? And so again, when we look at the nativity scene, when we look at the manger uh, that sits in our living room or whatever, we, we, we should just stop and meditate and be amazed uh, at the work of Christ. And that's what this song is really calling us to do through the whole thing is to just be amazed at the work. So, uh, I'll, so I'll read the first verse and then we'll talk about it. Kind of do like we did last week. So here's what the first verse says. Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly minded for with blessing in his hand, Christ, our God to earth descendeth our full homage to demand. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, you're, you're coming out the box with just this. <laughs> One of the reasons I think that our folks love it is because it's so tightly packed. But, but first is this idea of reverence. We have, a, we have a funny idea about what reverence looks like in our culture. 
um, versus what like 2000 years of church history saw as reverence. You know, we, we, we say often we start the service here, uh, with a couple of moments of silence before the Lord. And there are a couple of reasons for that, right? One is to make sure that our hearts are oriented Godward, that we're kind of praying to be free from the distractions of the morning. Because if you have kids or little ones or whatever, you know, it's, it's really easy to get wrapped up in just literally trying to get all of the humans in your house to church at on time and in the right mind and at least partially clothed. And so you're trying to, you're thinking about all these things. Well, now let's just stop for a moment and be silent. But the other thing is when you look at what happens in the Bible, when people are people stand before the presence of almighty God. You know what you, you don't see singing and shouting and hooping and hollering and countdowns and all this stuff. You see silence. And even when they do speak, they say, I should not be speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of Isaiah. Woe is me. Yeah. Woe is me for I am ruined for I am a man of unclean, unclean lips. lips. And I live among the people of unclean lips. You know, that Isaiah 6 and Isaiah is realizing, man, I'm, I'm in the presence of the Lord. I need to just shut uh, and so the first verse of this is reminding us, man, we, when we think about the incarnation, we think about Christ becoming flesh, there should be an awe that almost renders us speechless, speechless mm-hmm. to think about the work of the Lord. And so he says, let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand again, you know, we, we, We've created this Jesus is my homeboy sort of movement where mm-hmm. the idea of, of standing before the Lord or kneeling before the Lord in fear and trembling is just not something that we think of. But I promise you, when you are actually in the presence of Almighty God, it will be fear and trembling, right? Yeah. Not because you're afraid of what he would do, but just out of the, the sheer strength, the might of the Lord, the, the reverence of the Lord that, that he is due, right? Yes. So so if we're going to do that, then he's going to give us instruction, right? So, so number one, we're awestruck before the Lord. Uh, number two, ponder nothing earthly-minded, mm. which is just a great line. Yes. You know, because again, you think about the season. You know, the greatest temptation is to ponder only things. That are earthly-minded. Yeah. To yeah. think about the gifts under the tree and to think about the... Christmas parties to go to and exactly. think about the, the food that has to be cooked and to think about all these things. That they, you know, I, what this what this song does is in this first verse is to really arrest us and say, hey, listen, this is about so much more. Yes. Than earthly. Things. Yes, absolutely. That's it's like it grabs you by the ears and goes, just pay attention. Yes. Like, just take your mind off of earthly things. Right. For why? For with blessing in his hand. Christ, our God, to, to earth. earth descendeth, our full homage to demand. demand. I love that word demand, right? He demands worship. You know, it's not this, it's not this, you know, weak willed and, you know, I don't know how else to put it. Jesus, who would say, you know, oh boy, I hope people come. You know, I've, I've made fun often of the hymns that say things like, time after time, he's waited before. Mm. And now he's waiting again. You know, nope. Jesus demands your worship, right? Mm-hmm. He demands that you bow down and worship him. And for you to fail to do so is outright sin and rebellion against the God of heaven and earth. And he didn't come here for you to just kind of think about whether or not you're going to worship him. You're either going to or you're not. Mm-hmm. And that's what this song is like. Just stop. Just stop for a second. Be silent before the Lord. Think about what has happened, right? Fools, he's got blessings in his hand. He's descended to earth and he demands 
your homage, which it makes perfect sense that you sing this song then before you celebrate communion, communion. which is a, a deadly serious time. If you read Paul, oh, yeah. right? That, that we should come rightly before the Lord as we think about communion. So, so first is just this wonder of Christ has come uh, in flesh. And then it's going to, it's like, it's like he gets to that Christ on our God to earth descendeth. And then they start kind of verse two, thinking even more about this. And so they're going to describe it. King of Kings, yet born of Mary, as of old on earth, he stood Lord of Lords in human vesture in the body and the blood. He will give to all the faithful his own self for heavenly food. Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you can hear you can hear his words in John after the feeding of the five thousand that you know if if you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not have life. Right. That you know that his words to the crowds on that day the. The words that caused them to kind of shy away and say, "Well, who, who can follow this guy? He, you know, he right. these this saying is too difficult for us." Yep. You know, those words, those words were true. Yep. Yep. And you see the irony: King of Kings, born of Mary. Yep. Right. Like he is is what we said uh, last week on the podcast that he's always been king. There was never a time where he wasn't king. Yeah. Um, as of old. On earth he stood, right? So so ancient of days, mm-hmm. yet born in the manger. Yeah. It's this wonder of the incarnation. It's what we talked about in the sermon this week, that you should be able to look at the manger and just take a moment and breathe and consider the awe of okay. Christ becoming flesh, right? And that's what he's trying to get after. Lord of lords in human vesture, that word vesture, you know, taking on flesh, if you will. It's kind of the easiest way to think about that word, you know, that he's both Lord of lords Ancient of days, as old as, as, you know, older than creation, as old as eternity, from, from eternity's past, always been. And yet, he took on human flesh and grew and grew in wisdom and stature and, you know, cut his finger and stumped his toe and all that stuff, just like, just like we did, right? And, And so in human, in the body and the blood. So now we're going to thinking about the incarnation and how the incarnation affects the way we view the Lord's Supper. He will give to all the faithful his own self for heavenly food. That's part of what we remember when we celebrate communion together. That Christ broke the bread and said, this is my body. Now, we do not believe, like the Roman Catholic Church, that would say it literally becomes the flesh. human flesh. That's not what we're saying. But it's a, for us, it's this picture of remembering that we only are given entrance into the kingdom of heaven through the body of Christ, through the blood of Christ, because he has freely given himself, right? That's the, that's the work that was done. And it started where? At the incarnation. It comes back to you look at, we as Christians must look at Christmas and Advent and the nativity scenes and the major scenes in light of everything that Christ has accomplished, mm-hmm. not just his birth. But through his birth, we see his life's death, resurrection, you know, life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, all of it together. And part of that is this celebration of communion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Stanza three. Rank on rank, the host of heaven spreads its vanguard on the way. As the light of light descendeth 
from the realms of endless day, that the powers of hell may vanish as the darkness clears away. Mm. Mm. So he gave himself for heavenly food, and now there's this transition, right, again in the song. Yeah. What did that accomplish? What did, what's, what's happening? So, so first is the host of heaven spreads its vanguard on the way. You know, mm. that you, you have the whole host of heaven celebrating. You know, it's the, uh, is it Paul? The things in which angels long to look, oh, or is that yeah. Hebrews? Um, that, that they're, they're looking on with wonderment that the king of kings has come to die for these people made a little lower than the angels. Right. And so why? Because the light of light descended, you know, that can you imagine, um, being in Bethlehem, you know, and seeing the angels, the host, you know, mm. glory mm. to God in the highest and on earth peace, you know? And so like, you know, they're, they're proclaiming, man, he's here, yeah, you know, and they're, and, 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 and they, and that happens through his life. You know, it's the, you, you, you see these moments where he's baptized and he comes up and the father literally speaks and says, this is my son. You know, the transfiguration where he ascends the mountain and he's with Moses and Elijah and the father speaks and says, this is, this my, is my son in whom I will please listen to him. You know, and you, you've got over and over again, these moments where, you know, and then when he's raised and the angel says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. Yeah. I'd have loved to have been that. That's the angel I want to be. I want to just be sitting there next to the. On top of a rock. Yeah, on top of a rock with my arms folded, just kind of tapping my foot going. What are you doing? Uh, all right, let's see who gets here first. Because they probably, you know, they may or may not have known. And then along comes the ladies and you go, man, y'all are the wrong place. Yeah. He, had, he had all morning to think about that phrase. Yeah. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all all of heaven was at work you know all of the all of the resources that god had at his disposal he put at work to create salvation for people yes which is just amazing right yes. and again where does that start in the incarnation, in the incarnation right the light of light says <clears throat> from the realms of endless day why that the powers of hell may vanish as the darkness clears away yeah yeah, this verse really highlights what what Paul writes about in, in Philippians two of just the humility of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, to to be in this realm of endless day, to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords, to be yeah. ruling. Yeah, you know, to to be in heaven itself and to leave. Yep, to leave all of that to come to earth, not. Not to come to earth, you know, as a fully grown human being, not to come to earth as the son of a king, not to come to earth, you know, as some grand, uh, you know, conqueror. Right. But to come to earth as a baby. Baby. A baby that was born in a stable mm-hmm. and was put in rags because there were no other things to wrap him up in and placed in a manger, which, by the way, is a a fancy word for a feeding trough. Yep. Like a, a, a manger wasn't, you know, we, our, our little nativities, the mangers kind of seemed to look like they were just made to hold babies. That's not no, it. It was made to hold food. Yeah. It was made to hold food that animals ate. Yep. And yep. So it was to, not a cradle. It was, it was not a cradle. And so yep. to think about the, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the ruler over heaven and earth, taking on that form, of an infant child and being born in the most humble of all circumstances, mm-hmm. 
that there was not even room for him in the inn. Yep. It's just yep. just phenomenal. It is. I think it's I think it's Chesterton who wrote um he used to write every year at Christmas. I think one of the, it may not be Chesterton. I, I didn't come prepared with this quote, but it was something along the lines of the great irony of Britain is that tonight every home will celebrate the birth of a homeless man. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which That's- that sounds very Chesterton. Yeah. Well, that's why I said Chesterton because yeah. I totally, you know, he's just that that ability, that wit to put words to it. But I mean, that's it's the truth. It's Every the home in Britain will celebrate, celebrate the birth of a homeless man. Yeah, yeah. All right. So last stanza. At his feet, the six-winged seraph, cherubim with sleepless eye, veil their pre- faces to the presence, as with ceaseless voice they cry, Alleluia, Alleluia. Hallelujah, Lord Most High. So he's leaning in on um, Isaiah six language, right? The the what Isaiah sees in his vision of of heaven, the throne room of heaven with the 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 seraphim with the six yeah. wings. If you were in our equip class, Sproul did a great job just kind of walking through all this. It's like his favorite chapter in the whole Bible uh, because he's so passionate about the holiness of God. But you know, there's you've got them. They veil their. You know, there's the irony, right? He's he's come here to earth mm-hmm. to take on flesh. But in heaven and in the throne room, the seraphim hide their face from the glory of God. And yet he has revealed himself to Amen. humanity in yeah. the form of Jesus. And mm-hmm. you're so, so what should we do? We should keep silence. Yes. Right. I mean, he's, you know, the, the cherubim were built to hide their faces from the glory of God. And the glory of God came and dwelt among us, mm. right? The light mm. of the world has come into the world and we have beheld his glory, glory as of the everlasting father, right? <sighs> Full of grace and truth. Mm. And so, so that's the wonder of Christmas, right? That's what we're supposed to get excited about. And by the way, the wonder of communion, yes. that the same God who dwelt among us, who, who took on flesh, whose body was broken, has offered a means for us to be reconciled to God. And so by being reconciled to God, reconciled to each other. And so we sing together, we eat together. We remember together the work of Christ as he has called us together as a people for his own possession. Yes. So it's a good song for Christmas. It's a good song for communion. Kind of fits both. Yeah. And even better when doing Christmas, when doing communion. At Christmas, I feel like you just have to sing this song. Yes. Yeah, man. Okay, that was a fun one. Yeah. Good. Final thoughts, David? Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. Me too. This what's, is the, me. What's, what's the song for next week? Let's tease oh, the folks. Oh, man. You're going to have to give me a second. Oh, I've got it written oh, down. Oh. Well, while we're getting the, this teaser for next week, if you, uh, if you haven't had a chance to uh, give us a review on whatever podcasting application you're listening to us on, be sure to do that. Be sure to give us a... Uh, uh, five stars or, or a like or whatever it is on your specific uh, application. And so that really helps us out. And what helps us out most of all yeah. is if you share our podcast on social media, just send it to folks that you think would, would really benefit from it, would really enjoy it. That's a big help to us. We want to see uh, people be blessed by this. We want to see more folks come to know about this. So Okay, okay. So the next one. Is come thou long expected Jesus? Oh, I yes. couldn't remember if it was come thou long expected Jesus or O come O come Emmanuel. It's come thou long expected Jesus. Come thou long expected yeah. Jesus. So that'll be a fun oh, one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So All that right. one's coming, and O come O come Emmanuel. Both kind of be the next mm. two that we'll do. So. Look forward to that, folks. Thank you, folks, for listening. We'll talk again soon. Goodbye.